When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome everybody to another Auburn Live football show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Before I even get into the intro, as you see, we have a guest, Zach Blackerby. What's up? Is that, I'm reading that right, Zach Blackerby. You're acting like you don't know my name? Are you serious well, you do, right now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Zach, Zach um, I think, covers Auburn. I'm just kidding. Um, no, Zach kills it. Zach kills it for Locked On. And so if you watch his stuff, you probably saw me. That's right. If you watch our stuff, you're going to see him. That's 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 teamwork makes the dream work type stuff. We're teaming up, the dynamic duo. We've kind of got a schedule now, and we got a lot to talk about um, going into the season. Hope we we do. Um, sorry, like I'm, I'm sitting here. Um, at the time of recording this, basketball just tweeted. I'm trying to see if it was like newsy. What did they just tweet here? Sorry, back in the Rocket City. What is happening? Uh, UNC Asheville. Sorry, it's like real time. Um, UNC Asheville. Auburn in, is going to play UNC Asheville in Huntsville in basketball. Is that the team that we opened up the arena against? Ooh. I think it was because everybody's like, you're going to get to play North Carolina to open it up. And it was like UNC Asheville instead of actually UNC. Um, that's good. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a Bruce Pearl move trying to get to other cities in Alabama, whether it's playing at South Alabama, you know, he did that that time playing in Huntsville. That's just, that's just him getting around the state, I think. Yeah. I mean, you see that in in baseball a lot, but Thompson's been doing that for a long time and Bruce has been doing it since he's been here. So yeah, I think that's great. Sweet. Um, Are you tweeting right now? Is that what's happening? Yep, I'm tweeting right now. I'm just Tweet. retweeting. Um, but, um, all right, before we get going, a quick intro. Um, shout out to our sponsor of the show. I don't have a graphic. We're going to have that next because this all kind of happened quickly. Session Cocktail, downtown Auburn. You can find them at 157 East Magnolia Avenue. They're right next to Taco Mama. So Taco Mama, Session, and then I think Draft House. Um but anyway, go check them out, Session Cocktails. They have a happy hour, four to six, that you can go check out. They make really, really good cocktails. It's really good stuff. They have, it's a cool environment. You've got booth seating down the left side, bar seating on the right. You've got couch seating kind of in the front. And their deal is if there's not a place to sit, you don't get in. So it's not a traditional college bar where there's just people standing everywhere. If it gets busy, then there's a line and there's a wait. But you're sitting in a booth or at a table or on a couch or at a bar top. And you're having a cocktail services. If you're at the bar top, they're serving you. If you're in a booth, they're coming to you and serving the drinks. Um, so it's just a cool environment. Make great drinks. Um, What's your favorite out. cocktail, Hoke? So I'm a. I like the Gold Rush. What they is make that? A, it's. Uh, I don't know everything that's in it. It's a vodka drink. It's just you're like yo. Um, no vodka, please. But uh, they make an awesome old fashioned. I'm told. I'm not an old fashioned guy, but. People that like it, I'm told they make a ph- phenomenal old-fashioned. They do a cocktail of the month, so every month they change it up, and they'll do a cocktail for a cause where they're promoting some local charity, some local group, function, whatever it might be, issue. Cool. Uh, that's pretty cool. So you can go in and kind of check out what the cocktail for the cause is and um, and support that cause if you want. But awesome stuff. Um, Session Bar Downtown Auburn, um, clean, comfortable environment. Um, great people. Shout out to Hunter, Avery, Joe. Just a bunch of great people there. Um, and so go check them out again. 157 East Magnolia Avenue between Taco Mama and I'm pretty sure Draft House. And then go check out their happy hour four to six. Like you can pretty much roll in there four to six, get up on the bar top, get a nice drink. It's good stuff. Um, all right, let's talk some football. All right. Um, where I guess, let's see, Thursday, Friday, so we're about five days in, five practice days, I think, in. They, they practiced on a Sunday when we didn't have media availability. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are some of your takeaways? Like, what are you thinking about five days in, pads are on? What are some of the things that you've heard or that, that 
good, bad interviews, things you've heard about the scenes? Like, what are just some things that are on your mind as it comes to the start of this fall camp? Yeah, I feel good about all components of the running game, especially with Jarquez Hunter making his return, and we assume that he'll be able to play in some of the games because we don't know that. But even if he can't early in the season, I think you feel good about how the offensive line looks. The offensive line, to me, Hoke, it passes the eye test more so than any offensive line we've seen in Auburn in at least half a decade, probably more than that, which is a lower bar than we would all like it to be. But but still, nonetheless, it, it's an improvement and a step in the right direction. And then just looking at Jarquez, looking at Damari, looking at Brian Batty, and then Jeremiah Cobb. I mean, all of these dudes just look the part. They look like SEC running backs. Even Cobb, who's been on campus, um, you know, only since the start of the summer practice and summer semester. So that's that's awesome. I, I love all of that. I guess the concern is like I'm still not sold on the passing game, regardless of who's at quarterback. And regardless of who's at wide receiver, I still think that's going to be a work in progress. I think they're going to need scheme to really help open some of these guys up. And I think it'll be there. But as far as the offensive side, I love the running components. I'm still concerned about the passing components, Hoke. Yeah, that's fair. Are you concerned more with the quarterback part of the passing component, the receiver compartment, or or all of it? Both. Both. More so the receiver's. And I think it's great the emergence uh, of Jay Fair. He seems like he's the most popular, you know, fall fling is is what I like to call them. These guys that are really big risers and really big talking points. But I'm shocked of, like, you're not hearing good things about a lot of dudes. I mean, you're just hearing nothing about a lot of these guys. Like Camden Brown, I haven't heard anything about. You may have been different. I haven't heard a whole lot about Nick Mardner. And, you know, those are the three receivers that are starting with the ones every time that we're out there. The guys I'm hearing things about are like Malcolm Johnson Jr., Jair Shorter, and Shane Hooks. And those guys are all with the twos when we're out there. And obviously they're going to rotate receivers then more than in other positions. But I'm waiting to hear something about Camden Brown. I'm waiting to hear more about Nick Mardner. You know, you know we talked about this on Locked on Auburn, Hoke, about how, like, Javaris Johnson, where's he been? Like, he's out there. We see him. But, you know, we're, we're not hearing anything about him. And that's been a little bit surprising. So I just want to hear – you know, more guys making plays at the wide receiver position, and it doesn't seem like that's happening a ton outside of Jay Fair, Jair Shorter, and it uh, sounds like Shane Hooks had a few good grabs. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, you know, I think early on in fall camp, when you look out there, I mean, I think guys, somebody like Nick Marner that went through spring yeah, knows the offense a little bit better. Um, you know, I wonder when that'll flip. Maybe after a scrimmage you start to walk out there and see some of the new guys Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, out there first ahead of a Nick Marner, some like those guys. Uh, but, you know, Marner, not only was he in, there in the spring, he knows exactly what Marcus Davis wants from their history together. So he's got a little leg up, even though he's not – I don't think he's as talented as some of the other guys they've got. I think early in fall camp he may have a leg up in terms of just knowing what to do. I think that will be interesting to see how that changes through fall because it sounds like once they're getting out there – the, the the dudes are making the plays like shorter yeah. and hooks and Jay Fair are the ones making plays. Shorter is another guy that probably hadn't been talked about a ton. We we talked about it a little bit, but sounds like he's sounds like he's doing really really well. And depending on the matchup, depending on the the the, the, the place on the field, he's going to be tough. He's going to be tough if they use him right. And it sounds like he's kind of beasting some people out there, which is great to. Which is great to hear, um, but over on your passing game as a whole, um, I think that's fair. Which is, I mean, I think it's gonna. I think they're gonna lean on the run early anyway. I think they have to. Table yeah. of running backs, and you've got an offensive line that seems like it could be pretty good. I, I still wonder about the offensive line. The cynic in me about the offensive line is, like, we get the you know Gunnar Britton. And, and mm-hmm. Dylan Wade, these guys were starters. And I get, I think the line's better than it was. I think it's in a better spot, no doubt. Sure. Um, but, like, you know, Gunnar Britton played at Western Kentucky. It's not in the SEC. Avery Jones, East, East, East Carolina, not in the SEC. Dylan Wade, Tulsa, not in the SEC. So I'm not saying they're bad players. I, I don't know yet. I just, I wish, I wish maybe the competition that they came from was a little higher. And maybe I could, my confidence level will be a little higher about what kind of unit they're going to be. I don't think we're going to know what that exactly how good that unit is until college station. I think the first three weeks they'll probably do pretty well and look pretty good as a unit. We're not really going to know. Can they move 
can they move like four-star defensive tackles in the SEC? Like, can they legit move some good defenses, A&M and Georgia? That's your first two mm-hmm. conference games. We're going to know – we're going to know so much more about that offensive line after those two games. But they're in a better spot. They're a little deeper. They should be. But I'm just cynical on them a little – I'm like, I'm taking a step back a little bit, and I want to see them again those first two – those first two um, conference games before I – I don't know, before I go as far to say they've made, like, leaps, bounds, improvement over. But I do agree. I started thinking about where – what's maybe the most recent really good offensive line at Auburn. I mean, I guess 17. That was a really fantastic offense. That was a good – that was a good – carry-on Johnson had a a monster year. So that was probably – I guess you go back to 17, really, because they haven't had any type of running attack since then. Bo Nix was running for his life in 19 and, and 20. Um, so you probably have to go back to at least 17 when you had a an offensive line that you could say was a top four-ish, maybe five unit in the league comfortably. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they're going up against Auburn's defensive front every day in practice, which I don't think is top four or five in the SEC, but it's probably a little bit outside of that. It's probably around the midway point. Going up against Jason Jones and Justin Rogers, who. Sounds like he's trying to get his feet back under him um, after kind of fighting through the summer. But I mean, they're going, they're they're getting the reps in, and it sounds like it's been a battle on both sides of the line of scrimmage, which is exactly what you want. You want those guys beating each other up so they can kind of you know make practice as hard as possible so the games are easier. That's that's the whole goal in all of this. Um, and you're seeing a lot of rotation on the defensive front, keeping those guys fresh to keep going after the opposing offensive line, but. I, I think the offensive line is going to be okay. I, in fact, I think it's one of the better position groups on Auburn's roster right now. But obviously, you know, w- when you talk about the success of an offensive line, there's a lot of factors that go into it um, because the stats are the only thing that matters. And it's interesting because it's not the offensive linemen that are actually getting the stats. But if Auburn has an effective running game, you know, we're all going to talk about how great the running backs are. And the offensive line will be doing, obviously, a big part of that. But also, if they give up sacks, I mean, sometimes that depends on our guys getting open downfield, and that's a genuine concern of mine. I think the pass uh, pass protection is going to be there, especially with Gunnar Brenton on the right side and Dylan Wade on the left. I, I like that. I originally didn't. I like it now. And so, to, to me, it's just, is it all going to come together, Hoke? And Freeze talked about this at his press conference to open fall camp about, I think he used the word anxious, is what everybody ran up with, because... He doesn't know who half of these players are because they weren't here this time a year ago. Over 40 players weren't here the start of fall camp last year. And it's just, it takes time for good football teams to gel. And this offensive line, they've kind of been able to gel since spring because I think the guys that came in after spring, your Jane Muskrats, your Dylan Sendas, I don't think they're really going to get into the game much, at least early in the season, unless an injury happens. And so I think they're going to be the group that's probably starting to gel the most outside of Auburn's defensive backfield. And I think that's going to help you, but there's still, like, there's so many things to be a quote-unquote good offensive line that it's just, it's out of their control. Yeah, it kind of makes me think about, and and I guess it's just the transfer portal that is mm-hmm. that is making me think this way, but it it it, it it makes me look back at a couple of recent, you know, Bruce Pearl basketball teams, specifically, you know, you think back to the Jabari Walker, KD, mm-hmm. Wendell, when, the, when those guys came in, you didn't know what you had in that team until end of the season because you had so many, you know, so many new faces, even percentage-wise, even more so in the basketball. But um, it's just similar when you have all those guys in the, in the basketball team this year, same thing. Th- that many new guys – you're like, man, we're not going to know till 10 games into this thing in the basketball. You know, it's just going to take time. Football, you don't have that kind of time. you got to be good. Now, Auburn gets three non-conference games right off the bat. Um, but that's – I guess the portal is just going to change things a lot, certainly for maybe not every program. I think there's some elite programs that are not going to have to dip into the portal for high numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not going to affect them as much. But – I, the majority of, of teams, I'd say everybody that's sort of competing. If you're not Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, but you're not lower level, you're 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 Auburn. We'll see if they can get out of it. If you're if you're dipping into the portal a decent bit, this might be a thing every year. I mean, if you're bringing in a high school class of twenty 
and you're bringing in a portal class of at least 10, that depends on when they come in. If most of them are in the spring, you're in much better shape. If if eight of them come in the summer and they're all guys you're counting on it. So it depends on when they come. But the portal just makes this a deal where it's just going to be different, I think, um, than in past years. But you could go into a season and maybe say, well, let's we, we're not sure what we have at receiver. We think, but we're not sure. You could, but man, Auburn, there's so many places, there's so many faces that it could just be the new norm where you're going to go into the seasons with just some big question marks. And I think part of for Auburn is quarterback. Like if Auburn had a quarterback right now that was a two-year starter, mm-hmm. it would feel a lot different too because it'd be like, well, we're not sure receiver, but you know what you have a quarterback. Well, we're not sure about that, but we know you have a quarterback. I think the quarterback one, it's it it it's just it, it it's it's a lot bigger question mark than some of the others. But I guess that's just the new age we live in. We're going to go into seasons now with this just kind of unknown with with all these new faces. I hope it dies down some. I'm sure Hugh Freeze doesn't want to sit here and do this every year. It need, I think it needs to be. I think you need to have your normal high school class, and I think it. If you're in a good place as a program, I think your portal class should be no more than seven-ish. That that would be a great number for me. Like, because some guys are going to be mad about playing time. They're going to leave. You're going to have to replace yeah. them regardless. You're not going to go zero in the portal. But I think seven or eight would be would be a great number. Like, some guys left. We fill them in. We go pluck maybe three really really good guys, and and that would be a great deal. Not not twenty. Yeah, and I'm sure that's the goal, but we all know how bad the roster was when Hugh Freeze took over, and I guess Hugh Freeze's goal every year is every time the transfer portal window starts and it, uh, starts in December and ends in January, the goal is for the roster to be a little bit better each time, yeah. and I think it will be, and you could already kind of see the path to that, especially at quarterback, right, with Holden Garner throwing some beautiful, beautiful balls so far in fall camp, but then I'm really high on Hank Brown, the true freshman, and then obviously Walker White coming in, um, the future at quarterback seems to be solid. I don't think you're going to need to really rely on a transfer portal quarterback in the foreseeable future once Peyton Thorne's time at Auburn is done. And then I think even like the offensive line, I don't think it's going to be as drastic because even outside of the five assumed starters that we've got, you know, Dylan Wade may not leave after this season. I think he's, I think that's his goal is to go to the NFL and I don't blame him for that at all, but he may come back. You've got Jane Muskrat. You've got Connor Liu. Tay Johnson can come back, especially if he's not a starter. And then, you know, there's a lot of good things. Uh, you guys had something up. Uh, Cole wrote it up on your website about Xavier Miller impressing at that right tackle spot. Garner Langlow keeps getting bigger. It's like he gains 20 pounds of muscle every time you look at him. And so, like, the future of the offensive line is like, okay, like, that's probably not the exact group that you want to go in to 2024 with, but, like, it's a much better starting point than where we were last December, right? So, um, the wide receiver, you're going to have to do a lot of things in that room, but you got some true freshmen coming in that you really, really like at the wide receiver room. So do you have to do as much there? So, I, I mean, I can already see, like, they're still going to have to be very busy in the portal, Hoke, but I don't think they're going to have to devote half their roster or a quarter of their roster to it like they did this last go-round. Yeah, I hope not. But, yeah, I think for at least another – for another year, yeah. For another year, they're going to have to do that portal. It depends on – because you need probably – I mean, you've got to get at least three high school classes in with the kind of talent you want. Combine that with, you know, with, with two portal classes. I mean, yeah, it's going to take three years. It's like Hugh Free said, not the past – these next two, 24, 25, high school portal combined. Those two yeah. groups of – of those two cycles – are going to be massive. I, I think I think he's probably being a little bit hard on himself. I mean, I, I can appreciate the pressure he's putting on himself, um, Hugh Freeze, but I think he's got a little more. I say, I, in my head, I'm about to say this, and and then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm talking about Auburn football, so it sounds really stupid to say this, but I think he's got a little more leash than he thinks he does. And that sounds crazy for Auburn football because you're like, dude, like y'all will fire people like just you know because it's raining outside. I have fire, but I think in the, that's think, also like not a true narrative. Like that's just not it, true. Right, it's not true. It's not true. Uh, but in the SEC, I mean, yeah. but I think the current landscape of Auburn, I think is a little like I think there's enough alignment. Cohen, Roberts, Freeze are tied together, mm-hmm. and so I think because of that, good or bad. Because of that, I think it'll lead, it leads to a little more leash for him where, 
when Freeze says these next two classes, they, they, I might not be around if they those they have to be that good because if we don't get off to a good start, um, I think there's a li- I think there's a little more leash than he's probably giving himself, uh, and they can't go like seven and five, seven and five, seven and five. But um, he's I think he, really well. I think he could go three straight years of seven and five and still be here, especially if he's recruiting at that level. I mean, it, I mean, because I mean, you're seeing that down in Florida, like Billy Napier is about to just like poop his pants again in Florida this year, but he's going to be able to look to his classes coming in. It's like future. I've got the future yeah. coming in. And Hugh Freeze is going to be able to do that for a while. I, I, I'm with you. I think his leash is pretty long. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, the quarterbacks. We've got a ways to go before before this is a topic, but I wrote before the, you know, leading up to fall camp that yeah. I just thought, I thought this fall camp for, for Garner um, was 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 massive because I, he he is primed that if you know if, if things don't go as well this fall or this you know he he's a guy that I'm just really curious to see how he projects because you got Hank Brown you got Walker White and Peyton Thorne could come back. Um, Garner is just going to be a really interesting to one to watch, yeah. um, and I almost wonder if there's any you know I mean it's early but I almost wonder how the staff handles that because I mean. They want as many good quarterbacks as they can. If you're look, if you're looking at it, going well, you know, we need to make sure Garner's in the mix. Like I would want Garner to stick around and make next spring as competitive as possible. I wouldn't want that guy leaving. Um, and so I always wonder how that how that goes into how you may give a guy like that reps in the fall or even during the season as he's competing for this job, trying to kind of like the way LSU did Nussmeyer, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, like they gave it, they threw him a bone a little bit because they wanted him to stick around. Yeah. You know, I think Garner's got that potential. I just want to—I guess I want to see it. I'd love to see it in the game a little bit, but I—I I think he's getting better. Yeah, I mean, he's the best pure passer on the roster. Does that mean he's the best quarterback? I don't know. Time will have to tell with that. As of right now, I would guess no. I still think Peyton Thorne's the best quarterback on this roster, but man, Holden's got an arm. I mean, just watching them all make the same throw and drills—it's like it looks better. The ball looks better coming out of Holden's hand than it does. Robbie, Peyton, Hanks, whoever's out there throwing the football. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Hugh Freeze wants to keep him around. I said a ton over the course of spring and summer. Like, I don't think Holden Garner's career ends at Auburn. I think he has to go somewhere else. After this fall, I'm I'm not quite ready to change my mind on that, but I'm closer to it because if Peyton's good enough to leave after this year and go to the NFL – and it's Holden versus Robbie versus Hank versus Walker White in the 2024 race, I think we would all agree that Holden Garner would be the favorite as of right now, right, of those four quarterbacks. And then the question is, like, does Robbie leave at that point if if he kind of sees the running on the wall? So I, I'm with you. I, I think the path to Holden starting now at Auburn at some point in his career is a little bit clearer, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he ended up leaving in December. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think and I, I don't think want him God, to. I want to be very clear. Like I do not want him to leave in December. Yeah. I think it's best for Auburn if Holden stays. But it's just quarterbacks want to play. Only one guy can play, and it's just um, it's just kind of a tough battle. But that's just, just the way college football is right now. And and with, and with the NIL landscape, if you're a quarterback, I mean, you're you know, especially somebody like Holden. Holden's actually, if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to. Look, this is the world of college football we live in. Holden Gurner is in a phenomenal position. Yeah. He, he doesn't have any negatives, any any black marks on him. He didn't play. He's going to compete for the job against Peyton Thorne. Let's say Peyton Thorne wins the job. There's mm-hmm. nothing bad that you have on Holden Gurner. So if he decides to transfer, he's a four-star recruit that's a big kid that throws a good ball that has that has nothing really against him. He'll have some really good options in in the transfer portal in the NIL, NIL world. Like he'll get some good some good offers. Um, what do you think the NIL and on three? What do you think their NIL valuation of just his mustache is? <laughs> we need we need to. I like it, man. Um, I like the mustache. That and like he's bulked up. I mean, he yeah, looks he's like bigger. A dang, uh, grown man out there. Last year he looked like a young kid. He looks like a beast. And it's Robbie science. Lee. If you're a quarterback wearing number 12, it makes you better. Like, it's just – it's science. Yeah, the mustache is nice. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of it. Um, 
And, yeah, you mentioned Robbie, too. Robbie, I think, graduates next summer, so he could be a Finley situation where mm-hmm. he could go through the spring, but or he could not. But he, he could tra- – he could, he, could, he could be a grad because he's already transferred, but he, he still could leave next year as a grad transfer. Um, hey, real quick, if you're watching, you see the fall camp sales special right there. Take advantage of that, auburnlive.com, $1, one month. Um, I don't know how long. Maybe when fall camp ends, that probably goes away, I would imagine, is what they're going to do. So, yeah, I just I can't imagine spending more than a dollar on fall camp coverage. I just can't imagine it. <laughs> yeah, who would, yeah. Who would do uh, that? Yeah, so please take advantage of that, man. Even if you cancel, um, I don't think you will. I think you're going to really enjoy the coverage. I think you're going to enjoy our message board um, and just being a part of the community. That's, a, that's as much a part of anything with, with us as, yeah, you get, I think, some good perspective from Jeffrey and Lee and Cole Pinkston and myself. But I think uh, being a part of the community is, is a lot of fun if you get involved. Um, just don't take any crap. Get on there. Get on the message board. Talk your stuff. Don't back down, and you'll have fun with it. Yeah. Tag Charlie Five and say a lot of great things about him. <laughs> yeah. Start a fight with Charlie Five, and I'll, I'll copy for the next next couple of months. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, let's talk about defense a little bit because I think offense, I mean, like we just nat- naturally gravitate towards offense because, you know, you got to score points, especially this day and age. Sure. Um, and quarterback's such a big question mark. Um, defense, though, yeah, I've probably heard more, a couple more good things about receivers than I have um, maybe guys on the defense, specifically that front seven. I think that front seven is um, – Got some work to do. I'm, I'm not sure, not just not just starters, but depth. I think there's some issues in mm-hmm. both. I think there's potential for a couple guys, but that starting front seven I have question marks about, and I, and I definitely have question marks about the kind of depth it takes to win in the SEC. You talked about Justin Rogers. He's on the he's on the official roster at 345. That's too big. Um, and so and he, I, and he looks it like he yeah. just he's not moving as quick as everybody else in the room. Is. He needs to drop some lbs. I think there were some things that limited him this summer, um, and so he he's got to drop some weight. Jason Jones is always a big guy. I do want to see Jason Jones take a next step. Like you know, you he looks better. Like he looks, better, he looks, he looks better, yeah. You got if you're like if you're if you're Jason Jones and you're you look like that, I want go play like that. Like go go dominate. So I want to take I want to see him take the next step. Linebacker has always been, to me, linebacker is like receiver on the other side. I, I just, I think there's just so much unknown mm-hmm. and so much just unproven commodity type stuff out there with those guys. I don't know what to make of Eugene Asante being up there. I just don't, I don't know. Larry, I love it. I'm a big player. fan of Eugene Asante. I like, I him. like him. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I just, uh, well, yeah, I just, I guess I'm a big, I'm a big Missouri guy. Show me, show me. So until I see it. I, you know, I'm I'm skeptical. But anyway, the, the front seven, I just think I love what I've what I've heard about Jalen McLeod. It sounds like he's the real deal. Yeah. Um. But man, I mean, past Jalen McLeod, I mean Austin Keys. I think I, I really like Austin Keys. Kind of what everything really about him. And it seems like he's the number one linebacker. It's always yeah. somebody who's next to him that's kind of changing each but day. Man, I mean, past that, Rogers a little overweight. J- Jason Jones has got potential, but I want to see it. Marcus Harris, you know, is really reliable. You can throw him in the mix, but there's not a ton of guys in that front seven that I would look at and go, I know what I'm getting from him, and and I think it's a, a like a high-level SEC player. Not saying they aren't. I just don't mm-hmm. know yet. And there's not a lot of that, not a lot of those guys on the front seven right now that I have that kind of confidence in. It sounds like this coaching staff really wants some penetration and push from that three technique, that defensive tackle role. And it sounds like the original plan, what we saw in spring, and then kind of what they worked on over the summer when player-led stuff was they were going to have Rodgers at the nose, and then Jason Jones scooted out to the three technique, and they'd keep Marcus Harris a defensive end. And that's not really what we've seen in the fall because Rodgers isn't where he needs to be, and he's not where this coaching staff wanted to be based on you know what we've heard. So Jason's now at that nose, and they had to move Marcus Harris from that in slash five tech to the three tech. And I like Marcus Harris more as a defensive end than a three tech. I don't know where you are in your opinion on that. I just think that's where a skill set is, but we'll certainly see. I hope I'm proven wrong. But then that's allowed you to put Keldrick Falk a defensive end. He was the starting defensive end at practice this past Tuesday, Hoke. And then, you know, McLeod was the starting Jack. And so when you look at those four guys up there, 
I liked the upside of a pass rush versus, you know, when you had McAllister and Messiah Nasili Kite on the edges. But I mean, there's going to be so much rotation on this defensive front. I think it's going to be fine. But, yeah, I, I hope they can get Rodgers to where they need to be. I've seen we've, – we've all seen more Lawrence Johnson rotating with the ones um, than I expected. I feel like we're seeing him a lot more this fall than we are – or than we did this past spring. But then, like, a guy like Zacchaeus Walker, I mean, he's, like, transformed his body. He looks fantastic. But we're not really hearing him rotating in with the ones as much as – I thought he would, especially with, with Rodgers struggling a little bit early. So that's kind of what I'm watching is, like, who's going to be that next guy that steps up in the interior? Yeah, Walker's such an interesting one because he comes in as a four-star, really highly rated kid. Yeah. Flashed at times. Um, and then, you know, it all kind of fell apart last year. He sort of – I can't even remember. I don't know if he he, – he, he, he was going to transfer, but I don't know if he was still with the team. He pretty much just disappeared, and he was going to transfer. This this staff, you know, talks him into staying. Um, but he's just – he looks the part. He's got all this potential. I remember him as a true freshman walking out there, and you're like, dude, he's big. I looked like Marlon Davidson did when he was a freshman. I mean, right. you just hope that's how they should look like. And um, he just hasn't lived up to it. So I'm really curious to see. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline sort of where he's at physically, where he's at mentally. Like, is he is everything good with him? Is he happy now being back here? Is he ch- completely bought in, checked in? I'm curious to see if maybe the light comes back on for him because he's got so much ability. But, yeah, I think I think, I think think all eyes are kind of on Justin Rogers. He, I mean, you're talking about the highest-rated portal prospect for on threes portal rankings. And I, if you just were looking at the caliber of player – I mean, he, I, I, it'd be hard to argue that there was a better portal addition than Justin Rogers when you're talking about high school pedigree. I mean, Rivals had him, I think, one of the top ten players in the country. I can't remember. I don't think his industry ranking on all three was probably top 30 type mm-hmm. high school player. Goes to Kentucky. Um, but at Kentucky, I thought he was okay, but I didn't think he was. You look at his he, numbers. He didn't like, scream five-star when you watched yeah. him. And so that's a little concerning to me. And it always has been, but I'm like, okay, but his last year was his most productive. So you're thinking, okay, maybe the light comes on a little bit. Um, but but him being 345 right now, regardless of why mm-hmm. or what, he's got to get in uh, – try to nap one around. He's got to get in better shape. And so that, like, to me, I, all eyes are kind of on – he's too important. He's too important to what they're doing. Um He's the guy that's got to be what he's supposed to be, more than Austin Keys, more than Larry Nixon, more than – I'd say, well, more than Jalen McLeod. You, you, you've got to be what you're supposed to be in the middle. If not, um, we heard Marcus Harris talk about stopping the run mm-hmm. and how important it is. And you, we've heard Jeremy Garrett talk about it last uh, spring. He literally said, if, if you're not stopping the run, you're not playing for me. I mean, that is absolutely the focal point, as it should be in the SEC, but it's the focal point of this defense and that defensive line. If you're not stopping the run, yeah, I don't care if you can get to the quarterback, you're not playing. Well, Justin Rogers is, unintended, a massive part of that. And um, he's got to get in shape. I've got to hear better things from him before I start thinking this front seven can yeah. hold their own. We know they're not where they need to be, but you've got to hold your own. You've got to just, you just hold up. And right now, I don't know if they can hold up against a Georgia and LSU Bama. I'm not sure they're in position to to um, 
to hold their own in some of those games. And yeah, and Texas A&M's play. the big one, right? I mean, I, I think that Texas A&M game is the most important game of the season for Auburn. I mean, if you throw out rivalries and all that, it's like as far as development and progress of your season, you need to win. You need to win that game. It'd be huge if you won it. It'd be bad if you lost it because then you got to play Georgia the next week. So I think uh, I agree with most of what you said. I would push back. I think McLeod is more important to this team than Rodgers is just because there are other big dudes that can move well on this team. Jason Jones, maybe Lawrence Johnson. You can move Masilla, uh, Messiah Masili Kite to the three technique. We saw them do that in the spring. And then, you know, Zakevius Walker, you know, maybe maybe he can play a little bit more. But there's not another dude that's as pure of a pass rusher on this team than yeah. McLeod. And the pass rush is my biggest concern. And, and I know you mentioned stopping the run. I'm really not concerned about that. I, I think I think they're going to be able to stop the run. I think the athleticism that's in the linebacker room and, and you know the defensive lineman that you have, I think all that's going to be fine. It's the it's the pass rush. And outside of McLeod, like, I don't know who else can get eight sacks in a season. I don't know who can get five sacks in a yeah. season outside of Jalen McLeod. Maybe Marcus Harris. Keldrick Falk would be an exception to the rule as, a, as an outstanding freshman if he were able to do that. I mean, he would be, it'd be borderline historic if he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Just freshmen in the SEC don't really get those numbers unless they're a really, really special player. And, hey, maybe he is. He could be yeah. at that point. But – Outside of McLeod, I just don't know where the sacks are going to come from consistently, Hoke. That's fair. And I've, and, I've, and I've been on that train of thought. I do think McLeod is unique sure. on this roster. Um, I think I'm, I'm with you on the pass rush. I think, I'm, I think I'm more cynical on the ability to stop the run. I'm more cynical on Cam Riley looks the part, but you go back and look at the middle of the year last year, he disappeared. He, he had like – he had like a five-game stretch where he had 13 total tackles. Yeah. I mean, well, there, there was a few linebackers like that. Wesley Steiner was kind of the same way. I mean, those first like four or five games Steiner. against against Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, those, I think it was like the first five or six snaps against Mississippi State. They went after him every play, and then we just took him out. I don't think we put him back in. So um, he's got the athleticism. It's just it doesn't seem like the instincts are there, the coaching or something. Something's missing in, in his game, and – it sounds like they've given him every kind of chance to take it, to be the guy next to Austin Keys, and I don't think he's really snagging it. So yeah, that's that's kind of why I'm in the Asante club with this. I I think Eugene Asante is going to end up being the guy next to Keys at least to start, and then you know we'll we'll see what happens after that as far as rotations and game plans and packages. But I just I like Eugene Asante. I loved his athleticism at North Carolina. Last year, I'm I'm okay throwing away everything that we saw last year with Eugene Asante just because, I mean, he went through some intense stuff personally, and, like, I don't know how I would respond to that. And so, like, playing football I think would be pretty tough. So that's that's kind of why I'm okay looking past anything that happened with Eugene Asante last year. And if you just look at what's happened this calendar year with him, it's all good. It's all good. You know, he caught fire at the end of spring Every player I spoke to talked about how good of the last two weeks he had of spring practice, and he's just keeping that momentum going is what it sounds like. So I like Eugene Asante right now in that front seven. Yeah. Um, Cam is – we haven't seen him out there a bunch. I don't think he's anything to worry Cam. about. Cam. Uh, but he's just got like, – Cam Riley's got all the ability. I mean, that guy's built to be a stud, but I didn't like the fact that he sort of disappeared at times last year. His, yeah. his two best games last year, first game, last game. Hmm. His first tag, he had 16-something tackles against Mercer, and he had 12 against Bama. Everything in the middle of that was just was just mediocre. Larry Nixon, I really want to see what how it translates from North Texas to, to Auburn. What, look at, looking at him out there, um, I just want to see him. I want to see him out on the field. He doesn't necessarily strike me as – he's not overly imposing. He, he didn't have 100 tackles last year because he's 6'3", 225. He, he, he's – you know, he's – I say this, he's average looking when it, when, you, when you're talking about an SEC linebacker, but you have guys that can have a nose for the football instincts. He clearly has that. You think back to somebody like Deshaun Davis and, yeah. and, and um, you, you know, you could go back years at all, but instincts matter. Right. Um, and so I, I want to see more, I want to see more from those guys. I'm just, I'm just really cynical. Here's the other thing you bring up when we talk about Asante or whoever, 
that to me is hard to gauge with with the whole Auburn team. There's so many new faces that I don't I don't really have a good um, perspective to gauge Asante from. Steiner is not living up to the billing. Cam Riley is is up and down. Like so, when you see a Eugene Asante, and I'm just using him as an example, but when you see him rise up the ranks, I don't exactly know what that means because the, the linebacker is not loaded with a bunch of studs that are like living up to their potential. It's yeah. it almost it is he is it's like is he getting better and then also is the room just mediocre? And and the same thing you could say about receiver or um you know some other positions where you're like okay these transfers coming in shorter it's just balling out okay well like compared to the other average receivers or is everybody gotten better and he's really balling out I don't it, it and you don't know that answer until we see Auburn against somebody yeah so, you're, you're right you're you know, right that, that, I just always I think that's just always my perspective when you hear things just to take it with a grain of salt and, and once we don't exactly know because we don't really know this Auburn team talent wise. I don't I don't know where they're at. I, most people would probably say talent wise they're where would you put him put them in the league? Like seventh or eighth maybe? I'd say eighth, yeah. Middle. Yeah. But maybe they're better. I mean maybe by this fall they're better. Maybe they're worse. I'm not I'm just not exactly sure. So it's always hard to gauge rise and fall of players, especially new players in when I don't exactly know who we're comparing them against. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Because the only I mean, the only people that can give us the intel, they're they're watching Auburn like twenty four seven, and you know they they only kind of know who they are and how they do against the other Auburn players. Yep. So, um, and it's like, the, our, our, okay, our corners look good. That's great, but like, is it because is it because like the passing game stinks? Or are they actually good? Like I got, yeah. I, no, I have no clue, no clue. Um, all right, before we get out of here, let's see. They've got a couple of practices. They scrimmage on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So this will kind of be their first – they'll wrap up their first full week scrimmage on Saturday, which um, I don't – you know, I'm thinking back to last fall. I don't know exactly how Hugh Freeze will do it, but I would imagine it would be similar. I remember last fall, that first scrimmage was probably the most important because that first scrimmage was the closest thing to a scrimmage when Brian Harson went through fall. Then, Like the next scrimmage was – more situational, and then yeah. it, and then it got toned down. That first one was the was the most wide open scrimmage in terms of like eleven on eleven most opportunities. It's not just we're not just doing inside the twenty or red zone or this is kind of that first opportunity to like let's just see where we're at. Let's just see where we're at. And, and, and so, didn't it kind of seem like that was we walked away and it's like oh is TJ Finley going to start? Yeah, is TJ Finley really got a chance to win this job? That was kind of – I remember leaving that press conference from at the stadium being like, what? Yeah. Interesting. Because, you know, we didn't realize Calzada was going to, you know, have the career path that, that he now has. We, we just didn't know at that time. So, yeah, I was yeah. like, what? TJ Finley's the best quarterback in that room? We've come such a long way. We've come such a long way from that first scrimmage. And I remember – and I guess it's far enough now that we can talk about it, but it's just kind of funny thinking about it. But we had so many people, and I don't really I – don't, I don't really remember commenting on it a whole lot. Um, but, yeah, that I remember people going to that scrimmage, and, and Calzada just was so bad. And it was like, what in the world happened? Like, what is going on? Well, and, and I'm trying to remember. They only gave them, like, one series or something, right? And it was bad. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're not doing well, this. Well, what happened was, and some people know this, but what happened was, Calzada hurt his arm legitimately. He he hurt his own elbow during the little Tiger Olympics thing they did, I've hitting heard tennis balls out of the stadium. It I've was their home run derby, and he yeah. was trying to. This, this happened. He he won, and he and he swung. He was he was going all out, and he and he actually injured his elbow. So that was so when he showed up to the scrimmage two days later, his elbow was like messed up. His throwing elbow. And he told people during that scrimmage, like early on, he was like, I, I can't throw. Like, I can't. And it, and it completely adds up because then you talk to people that were there and they were like, I literally talked to somebody that walked away from that scrimmage and he's like, I don't understand how he's a quarterback. Like, it, I don't, it, they were so mind blown. And it just, so anyway, Calzada kind of, he kind of, he kind of sabotaged himself. 
Do you remember the discussion we had about that where, like, I put a note or I said something on my show about, like, how Holden was throwing the ball better than Calzada? And, like, man, I just got tore up on your board about that. And then you're like, did you really say this? I'm like, yeah. I did. Yeah. Doesn't seem so crazy now in hindsight. Yeah. I do remember that. Well, it was on the heels of a viewing window. And so I think people, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, people kind of lost their, lost their stuff. But we've that, that was a dark way. time. The potato famine's behind us, thankfully. Oh, my gosh. Is it? Uh, never know. Just like, um, all right, so a couple of days left the full, the first full week of practice scrimmage. What do you want to hear maybe leading into the scrimmage or after the scrimmage? Because we'll talk again after the scrimmage. But um, yeah. what's maybe one main thing? What's two? What's what's just something? Could be one thing. Like What's something that you would love to hear a coach or a player say about – is it like a starting quarterback? Like, can we name? Yeah, that? I mean, you know, Hugh, Hugh Freeze hinted at it at media days. Eventually, they're going to have to, you know, shed the competition from three guys to two. Does that happen after the scrimmage? The information that is given from the scrimmage does that help? With that, I think that's probably going to be something that's asked afterwards. Um, I'd love to hear about you know receivers just kind of staying on the theme of you know, areas of concern, would love for a receiver or two to break out. Wouldn't it be refreshing if Jair Shorter or Shane Hooks or somebody, Camden Brown, Nick Marner, some bigger outside receiver, you know, got six catches for 100-something yards. Like, wouldn't that be great? Like, wouldn't that be great for this offense if that were to happen? Uh, and then on defense, you know, if what if Marcus Harris got three sacks? Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe, depending on who he was going up against, which offensive line he was going up against. So, I mean, still just pass rush and, and, and receptions. I, I think that's the biggest thing that we need uh, We need clarity on. Yeah. I'm kind of torn between two. I mean, at some point I want to hear that a quarterback, I think it's going to be Peyton Thorne. I don't, I'm not playing favorites. So when I say this, I'm not playing favorites. I would like to hear for the good of this football team, I think, that Peyton Thorne is taking command of this thing. Um, Somebody just typed in, Justin, why do you hate Robbie Ashford? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't love Robbie. Uh, we had, I mean, we did a spring diary with Robbie. Um, I, Robbie, I, I'm a fan of Robbie's emotion and passion for football. Yeah. Um, I just think that, that Peyton's experience, his, his, his love of the game, his knowledge, his, his growing up as a, as a coach's son. I think everything about Peyton Thorne, from you know physical to mental to devotion to the game to film room everything to me lines up to mm-hmm. be a successful quarterback so I just I'd like to see him him sort of take command so I either want to hear that or I want to hear that Jalen McLeod just is, is destroying people you know because it's like we need like there needs to be something you know and so J- maybe Jalen McLeod is that guy when you look at defensive we, we we talked about him that front seven he's probably your best bet of being the an elite player. I don't know if they have another person in the front seven that you could go has elite ceiling. He maybe does. So maybe yeah, or you know, is Keldrick Falk a truly like generationally special player, and he can yeah. you know be great as a freshman. Like that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, if it's not McLeod, I think it's Harris. It's just harder to rush the passer from the three technique. This is tougher. There's more guys. There's more dudes in your way. So, but if you can do it, man, it changes the game. It changes the game for a defense if you can push the pocket like that. So, um, and then how sophisticated – I'd like to see or hear how sophisticated um, Ron Roberts' defensive scheme is. You know, are they, are they doing the fun blitz stuff? Is that catching opposing, the opposing offense off guard? I, I think that's another potential storyline. Yeah, and it sounds like it a little bit. I, we talked to – I can't remember what player said it now. Um, it was Will. It was Philip Montgomery. Talked a little bit about, hey, they're they're throwing a lot at us. And um, and so they haven't really – he was talking about some kind of offensive thing they haven't really gotten into a whole lot because the defense was throwing a lot at them and really pushing them. So that's <clears throat> that's a that's a good thing. So, um, all right, well, let's do this again. Uh, let's do this again next week, man. Let's do this. You know, let's do this once a week. Okay. All right. Let's do it every week around this time. Yeah. Once a week. Let's do this. Um, make sure you go to Auburn Live. Make sure you catch Zach on Locked on Auburn and and SI Daily. Did I get that right? What is no, that? but that's, that's the actual. I didn't. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> I did not get that right. 
It's SI Daily, but what's the actual URL? I don't. AuburnDaily.com? AuburnDaily.com. Locked on Auburn for sure. For sure. That'd be great. They're already already listening to that, man. A lot of a lot of the people on your board do listen, which is which I'm very thankful and grateful for. So, our people are pretty smart people, I think. Um, Except for Charlie Five, I agree with you. Yeah, he's he sucks. Um, yeah, let's do Auburn Daily, Auburn Daily, Auburn Daily. Go visit that. Go visit Locked On Auburn. Sure. We'll be here. Um, we'll have Zach on every week. Go visit AuburnLive.com. Obviously, go take a camp. Take advantage of the fall camp sale. That's a no-brainer. And yep. go visit a session. Go visit a session. Zach's, Zach's going to come come with me, get a cocktail sometime, go to a session between Taco Mama and Draft House, awesome drinks. They're running a special. If you go up and order a drink and you say, we ride at dawn, it automatically gets applied to Hoax Tab. So when they when, when they come and ask, what do you want to drink, say, we ride at dawn. And Hoax, Hoax, it's on Hoax. Um, yeah, but go visit them. Great people, good drinks, cool, cool atmosphere. Um, go happy hour if you can. Go four to six, but if not, definitely go. Um, they're going to get crazy in the fall. They're going to be super busy, but they make they make awesome drinks. If you don't really want the college uh, bar vibe, if you're coming into town or whatever, go there before dinner. Go there after after dinner. It's a great spot. Session in downtown Auburn. Session cocktails. All right, dude. Appreciate it. Dude, you're the best. You're incredibly handsome, and I love talking to you. Wow. Thank you. Is that how you do it? Yeah, you got to take compliments better, bud. Appreciate it. Everybody um, in the corner, go compliment Hoke today. He deserves it. I do not. Um, I, we, we're, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We've got a long way to go. <laughs> See, I just, I just completely screwed that compliment up. I'm like, no, I don't believe you. All right, dude. <laughs> All right. Love you a long time. Love you a long time. See ya. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.